Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to be with you again today. Ephesians 5.14, awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. He is awakening our hearts to the beauty of Jesus, his majesty, his power, his finished work, all that he has done on our behalf through his shed blood and his broken body. He's revealing to us who we are in Christ, the spirit that we possess, the power that we have in him so we could be true disciples and we could manifest the kingdom here and now in this world for his purposes. And so I'm excited to be in studio. I have a guest in studio with me today, but if you are new to the podcast, um, we have a new episode releasing every Monday on charismapodcastnetwork.com. So you can go to Charisma Podcast Network. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, um, Audible, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to, and you can tap in there. And so, and if you have been listening and watching the podcast, let's just say on YouTube, if you're on YouTube right now, thank you so much. Make sure to subscribe, make sure to comment, make sure to like so we can get this out to more people so they can be blessed, they can be strengthened, they can be awakened with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I'm excited to have my guest in the studio. I actually met him through Eric Gilmore. Many of you guys know Eric's been on my podcast several times. And so every time he connects me with somebody, I know it's for a purpose (laughs) and I know their heart is pure and I know what they're doing is incredible. And so um, I have William Hinn in the studio with me today. Him, along with his wife, Emily, they are the senior pastors of Risen Nation Church in Dallas, Texas, and their hearts are to see a generation fall deeply in love with Jesus and become students of his presence. If you have watched or listened to this podcast for any period of time, you know that this is right up our alley. This is what we are all about. And so their desire is to see the fulfillment of Acts fifteen sixteen, the rebuilding of David's tabernacle. Their greatest passion is ministering to the Lord through worship. They're longing to see people become a dwelling place for the Lord. He travels extensively around the world while pastoring Risen Nation Church. He's also the founder of Habitation Ministries and School of Habitation. Welcome, William. Thanks for joining me, man. So good to be here. Man, that was an opening right there, bro. I feel like we can just go home now. I was feeling the Lord. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah. I'm bro. So, that's awesome. I'm so glad to be here, man. Yeah, it's yeah. always great when I have somebody come into the studio. It's just more, I don't know. I, Zoom's good and all that's good, but it's awesome to just see somebody yeah. face to face. No, I and, feel like we just had like a uh, we became best friends moment just now. So, uh, <laughs> and you brought yeah. your team here, which is awesome. Yes, and so you have yes. a couple people here. And so, so it's happy beautiful. my team is with us. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just went to the conference that you recently put on. Yeah. On Friday night, and there was such a powerful presence of God. I know we shared a little bit about your ministry, but before we dive in, just maybe share the yeah. heart behind what you do. Absolutely, yeah. We started uh, Risen Nation on, with no intention of being a church, mm-hmm. 2014, and uh, it was. I remember four of us. Uh, one of the guys that started with me is now our young adults pastor, awesome. and uh, the heart was: we just want to see a community come around the presence of the Lord, mm-hmm. um, and we want to we want to help churches. We want to do worship nights and all kinds of stuff. But again, we just wanted to lay on the floor and seek God's face, you know? And so we did that on Tuesday nights in coffee shops and in little upper rooms of any church that let us use it. (laughs) And that went on from about 2014. It originally started in Orange County, California. We moved to Dallas. And, um, and so that went on from 14 to about 2019 and then 19 against what I thought and everything I ever thought growing up. I used to tell my dad, and my uncle growing up, I will never preach. I'll never be a pastor. I, you know, you grow up in ministry, you're like, 
just want to be normal, you know, yeah. do something normal. It's funny when you say never, it usually winds up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I learned, I've learned the hard way. And so everything I said I wouldn't do, I'm now doing. Yeah. And yeah. Um, 2019, we launched uh, through just the word of the Lord, confirmations, uh, really against my own will, uh, launched Resonation Church yeah. um, in Frisco, Texas. And we are coming up this month on our three-year anniversary. It's exciting. And kind of out of that, we've started Habitation Ministries, which we go around and we do these Habitations events, all built around Psalms 132 and mm-hmm. that, you know, Acts 15, 16, desire from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and then starting a school here in January. So the Lord has been very faithful and good. And it's been amazing what we've seen the Lord do, just not changing the channel, just making yeah, it about his presence. And it. we're finding that uh, what was growing churches or it just isn't. And mm-hmm. we're finding a young generation that is hungry to encounter God and seeking his presence. So yeah, we're just making it about him and it seems to be working. So <laughs> they don't want the shallow waters. They don't want the ankle no. deep, the knee deep. They no. want to be fully immersed in yeah. the glory and presence of God. That's what we were born for. Amen. That's what yeah. our hearts crave more than anything. We can't be satisfied. We can't be content with anything more than That's giving right. him everything. Yeah. And then <laughs> we give him the temporal and he gives us eternal. We give him yeah. our lives. He gives us his yeah. life. Yeah. And, and I'm telling amazing. you, Gen Z is leaving the church, to be yeah. honest, you know, yeah. and it's, I have three little children, amazing wife, uh, but all my kids are part of Generation Alpha, which is after Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, man, like what, what are we setting up for them? Mm-hmm. You know, and Gen wow. Z is like the number one generation leaving churches in history. A million, they estimate a million a year. And at some point there's just got to be uh, a group of, of leaders and people that gather and say, not this generation, you know? Uh, and so we're burning, you know, we, they're looking for an authentic encounter with yeah. a real God. Mm-hmm. And uh, my cousin Michael says, you know, they want they want their families healed, their bodies restored, their lives changed more than they want visitors packets. <laughs> and I just think that the Lord is changing That's the it. whole paradigm of our thinking That's it. around the church being about him again, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and so we're, we're watching hunger, I think, yes. unlike anything I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's not uh, built around man or or a good worship team, but, but we want uh, our community to be marked by three words. God is here. And we want all communities to be marked with that. So that's what our pursuit is with all of our heart. Yeah. (laughs) I've got two beautiful children and a wife as well. Met my wife in the mission field, but my two children, um, God gave us their names. Um, you know, I, uh, we, we pressed in and the Lord really spoke to us about our kids before, uh, before we had them. And they have a very specific destiny on their lives. And even in this past season where the Lord is speaking to us, challenging us, bringing us out on the water, transitioning us in a lot of ways, um, our kids are always on his lips Mm. saying that our obedience to him and our walk with him is going to directly impact generations. Yeah, come on. And when the enemy's attacking us, he's going after generations, not just after us who he's attacking. He's going after our kids. Yeah. And so I love that you said that there's a generation rising up and they want they want the authentic real presence of Absolutely. God, what they were born yeah. for, what they were meant to walk in. That's and right. so um, how old are your kids? My kids are, my daughter's about to be seven. My son's going to be four. Oh yeah. See, that's like just around the same age. Mm-hmm. I often think about in Malachi four, it says, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take the hearts of the fathers and yeah. turn them toward the children, the mm-hmm. hearts of the children turn toward the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Mm-hmm. Right. So in other words, the future of this world is dependent on this, this revelation of fathers being turned toward the next generation yeah, and the next generation turned toward their fathers mm-hmm. 
400 years of silence, then Jesus shows up. And I remember thinking to myself, like, man, this is the environment that is conducive for his coming. Yeah. Right. And so I I just feel like this is, you're you're right on. Like Mm -hmm. the Lord is raising up people like David that had Mm -hmm. a a vision that superseded his generations. Right. And if our Mm -hmm. vision doesn't supersede the next, to the Mm -hmm. next generation, we're, Mm -hmm. it's not big enough. Oh, for sure. And so this is, this is our, our like burning desire is that, and I believe that the Lord's raising this up, like generational yes. houses 100%. where their inheritance is going to be his presence, <laughs> you know, and they're not going to know anything else. My five-year-old gets so mad at us. If we don't say Jesus loves you to the person <laughs> at the Starbucks window, we are condemned That's for awful. the next two hours. <laughs> but no. Um, that is also my daughter. She yeah. draws paintings and she, she has no clue what she's doing, but she's painting stuff and she comes up to us and gives it to us. <laughs> And it's a prophetic painting speaking into the season or someone in our lives. And I'm like, you you know, but that's what happens when you raise kids in the presence of God and you speak the gospel to them and you tell them who they are in Christ and how to pray, how to calm their soul. Like my daughter, her name is Selah. And oh, she it. couldn't stop. She, she, you know, Selah means a pause, ponder, reflect on the yeah. glory of God. Her middle name is Gloria. So on the glory of God, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I want all my kids' names to preach. If they don't preach, then we're doing something <laughs> wrong. Like we need to get a word from heaven about my kids. Yeah. But her thing is that she can't stop talking. She won't be silent for one second. And so I know God gave her that name because he needs to teach her how to be still. So I teach her at so night. So good. God needs to, t- he gave you that name for a reason. You need to learn to be still so powerful, and listen to him. And so. So good. My son uh, came up to me the other day and he said, they call me Bubba because we're Middle Eastern. Yeah. And so Bubba is his dad in Arabic. He goes, Bubba, um, I, 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 uh, I saw Jesus in my room. I'm yeah. like, what did he look like? I, what, I said, what color was his hair? Yes. He goes, um, white. And I started thinking, his hair is white as wool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I said, what color are his eyes? He goes, uh, yellow. And I'm thinking, fire. eyes of fire. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm like, I need you to lay hands on me right now. Yeah. <laughs> Impart to me, But, please. man, I just believe that our children, when we make our desire right, that our children, we will say of them, you know, the scriptures talk about Zion and it says, we'll look at kids and say they were born there. Yeah. They were born there. Yes. And that's our heart is, mm-hmm. is I want to have a, a house that stewards his presence enough that we can say our children are born in Zion. Yes. So on. kids need to see the authentic too. They need to see, not man. just us going to church, clapping with our, you know, look, everything looks good. Yeah. And then we go home and it's just yeah. not at all what we, what we act like right. on Sunday or Absolutely. on other believers. And that's, that's how our kids are not going to be leaving church and leaving, you know, and Absolutely. serving other gods and Come doing on, other bro. things. And so Sorry. I think this just even, <laughs> you know, how the Lord wound up leading us in the beginning of this conversation, I think it goes in really well to what we want to talk about here today. Yeah. And so I'd love for you to crack open the scriptures and really just yes. start us off with what's on your heart and we'll go from there. Yeah. You know, when we started, um, uh, Corey Russell, who's a huge part of our of our house. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with Corey, yeah, but absolutely, um, just a huge part of our of our house. He talks about Psalms 132 being the vow that changed history. Right, mm-hmm. this David's desire of Lord, we we will not rest. It says in Psalms 132 until I find a place for the Lord. He says I won't give slumber to my eyelids until mm-hmm. I find a place for God. Yeah, and uh, and that that always marked me. You know, since I was young. Um, that the Psalms 27, four of one thing we seek and desire that we wait dwell in the house of the Lord mm-hmm. all the days of our life and behold his beauty. Jesus matches it in John yeah. 17 um, and says, father, I desire. I mean, it's the only time you see Jesus saying I have this desire and his desire is that they be where I am and they behold my glory. I mean, he's Come literally on. saying Psalms 27, four, yeah. like I just want them to be where I am and I want them to look at me. Wow. Yeah. And so we've always been really marked by that as a community and, and uh, have always kind of had this saying of like, we're a place for him, a house for him. 
And in the beginning, it was like, it was like God has, you know, he's inexhaustible, you know? And so we've, we've grown in that, in that revelation, but it's been like, as we've grown, the deeper that that revelation has become, because we're more tempted to change the channel, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so that Psalms 132 vow of like the Lord, that's what God is looking for. There's this crazy man who wasn't a priest. He was of the line of Judah. I'm fascinated by that. He mm-hmm. wasn't of the line of Levi, which mm-hmm. in the old Testament, you had to be of the line of Levi to be in the priesthood. Yeah. And this guy's dancing glory into cities in second Samuel seven with a linen ephod on, which is only for high priests. Yeah. And so he broke like every rule. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, and in, in a way had a rebellious streak in him mm-hmm. yet. God was so provoked by this man. He couldn't say no to him. Like mm-hmm. he just had this thing in his heart that moved God because he's the only man in history up to that point that said, God, I want to build a house for you. Yeah. He told Moses to, but he didn't tell David to. And mm-hmm. David says, here's my one desire. And first, in first uh, Chronicles 13, mm-hmm. David just gets like, he's now king. Saul is gone. God puts this man in and he's about to stand up and give his state of the union. Mm-hmm. It's his moment to give his, his plans for the nation. And he stands up and he says one thing. We didn't go after the presence in the days of Saul, but we're going after it now. We're going to go get the ark. Come on. That, that's his whole intention and motive. Mm-hmm. Hires 10,000 people on his own money, throws a tent up in the wilderness, puts the ark under it, and... 10,000 people and all they are to do is minister to the presence of the Lord day and night. Schematics are gone. I mean, he didn't follow, like the Lord doesn't say in Acts 15 that he's raising up the tabernacle of Moses or the temple of Solomon, mm-hmm. which, I mean, if we, if we based it on like beauty and success, you know, we would say, let's get Moses. It had every schematic right. Sure. It was yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. Solomon's was glorious. It would take oh, yeah. nations to rebuild Solomon's temple today. Mm-hmm. David is this crazy man. He throws up a tent in the wilderness and says, we're going to minister to the Lord. And God says, that's the one that I want, you know? And so this has kind of been what burns in us on a constant basis of, um, we believe that the Lord's raising up a generation that has the key of David, the scriptures say, you know, in revelation that are, are going to unlock something like David got a glimpse of revelation four and five, how they surround his throne crying holy on a constant basis for eternity all the way back. I mean, you're talking 4,000 years earlier. So yeah. with that, I just, I think that there is a, and we, and we said it, but I think that there's a paradigm shift that's mm-hmm. taking place within yeah. the church Yeah, that the Lord is, you know, COVID. I'm not saying that God caused it. I know the enemy mm-hmm. comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he, he turns all things for the good of those who right. called and, and love, Absolutely. love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Lord gave us this opportunity for all the lights to be turned off and the production to go away and the hypocrisy to be tested, you know, and, um, and I'm seeing a young generation stand up that, you know, I know that we want to have a yes in our heart toward the Lord, but there's also a generation that's looking at the state of the church. That's looking at the state of the world that has a resounding no way in our heart, not our generation, Definitely, you know, Jacob and Rachel, um, have their last baby, Benjamin, right? Mm -hmm. And Rachel is dying, giving birth to Benjamin. And as she's dying, she says, his son will name, be named Benoni, which means son of sorrow, right? And uh, Jacob says, no, it's not. I mean, this is his last interaction with Rachel, his wife, as she is dying. This will not be our son's name. His name will be Benjamin. Well, Benjamin means, it's our youngest son's name. It means son of favor, son of strength, my right hand. Yeah. So a father showed up and said, 
the trajectory of his life will not be sorrow and disappointment. The trajectory of his life will be favor and strength, mm-hmm. son of my right hand. And I think what the Lord is looking for in this hour is a new breed of leaders that are coming to a generation saying, you will not be the son of sorrow, that the state of our nation and what's happening in the world, this is not your future. You're in it, but you are not of it. But some fathers that are going to change the trajectory of a generation saying, you will be the generation that God's chosen. You know, Mike Bickle had a dream in 1982. And in the dream, the Lord spoke to him and said, I will change the understanding and the expression of Christianity in one generation. And I am believing that like with all of my heart that Mm -hmm. if I don't see it, I want my kids to see it and I want their kids to see it, you know? So I just think that we are in a delicate moment and I think COVID was a wake up call, Mm -hmm. honestly. And we're two years in and we're finding that those that just are going back to things that the way that they were are not standing, that we are watching things crumble. And what we're watching is, is, is a nameless, faceless generation coming from obscurity that's saying we don't want anything else. This, the days of celebrity Christianity. I mean, I grew up in ministry and I, mm-hmm. and I adore my uncle. You know, like Pastor Benny has impacted my life. I worked for him. I was a catcher. I was a part of all the offensive stuff. You were busy then. And oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Catch people with my feet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, uh, and for me personally wondering like what's real, what's not. I have an encounter with the Holy Spirit in his meeting. My whole life changes, right? And uh, just one, you know, and so um, I've seen the stadiums filled. I, you know, we've seen my uncle filled Madison Square Garden with 5,000 people still outside. They couldn't get in. And we've watched in that season, which was of God, stadiums filled around need and healing. And and, but I believe we're coming to a day where we're not going to see stadiums filled because of need, but because we just want to minister to him and worship. And uh, and so there's a trajectory shift. But the Lord has had us in, you know, Jeremiah two and three and I. I wanted to read it and I'll try not to be three hours, but it says, uh, the word of the Lord came to me, right? It's Jeremiah talking. This is chapter two, starting verse one. And in verse two, it says, go and proclaim to the hearing of Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord, I remember the devotion of your youth. He says, your love as a bride and how you followed me in the wilderness in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, past tense. The first fruits of his harvest and, and listen, all who ate of it incurred guilt and disaster came upon them, declares the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the clans of the house of Israel. And thus says the Lord, what did your fathers find in me? What wrong did your fathers find in me? That they went far from me and went after worthlessness and became worthless. So in other words, what they were pursuing, they became, mm-hmm. right? And this isn't like a, you know, fire and brimstone message. This is... I just, I think we need a reality check in the church yes, today of the state of where we are as the bride. And people get onto me. They're like, man, you're, you know, you're beating up the bride. I'm, I'm trying to find the bride. I'm not beating mm-hmm. up the bride. Um, Jesus was put on the cross by religion. The world, the world came to him, you know, but it was the religious leaders of the day that challenged him. And he was not, he premeditated whips this man yeah. and flipped tables and, and he wasn't uh, exactly the, the gentle holding the lamb man in the picture that we see with these Pharisees, you know, the Pharisees. Yeah. And so he says, what wrong did your fathers find in me when they went far from me and they went after worthlessness and became worthless. So if we pursue worthless things, we will become what we're pursuing. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, it says in verse six, they did not say, they didn't say, where is the Lord? In other words, they didn't ask for proximity. They didn't ask, where did he go? 
I remember reading this and the Lord spoke to me as I'm reading it. And he said, they didn't even notice I left, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not asking, where is the Lord? And, and you go on and then he deals not only with fathers, but with priests, the leaders of the day, because they're not asking, where is the Lord? So then you jump to, to Jeremiah 3 and it says, um, it says in, in verse 9, because, because she took her harlotry lightly, and she polluted the land, committing adultery with stone and tree. Yet for all of her, yet for all of this, her treacherous sister Judah did not return to me with her whole heart, but in pretense. In other words, just returned in claim, not supported by fact. Mm-hmm. Like that word uh, pretense literally means it was fraudulent. Like they came to me, they did the right thing, they sounded right, they were standing at the right place at the right time. The building was beautiful, the, the place was packed. Yeah but it was in pretense. It was in word. It was the, don't rend your garments, but your hearts. Like, don't make it a surface level thing. Make it this deep thing within your heart where you're yeah. saying, Lord, I'm ripping my life open for you to come in. And they so- honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far exactly. from that reality. Mm-hmm. And so this is what it's saying is, is like, they've come to me pretending to be with all their desire. You can yell, you can shout, you can do all the right things, but, but just, it was fraudulent before me. But then you jump down and it gets happy in verse 14. <laughs> and he says, return to me. And, and I'm just kind of skipping through. And then 8, 15 says, and I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And I don't know, I mean, I feel this even for you. Um, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And when you have multiplied and been fruitful in the land in those days, declares the Lord, they shall no more say the ark of the covenant of the Lord, nor, listen, shall it come to mind or be remembered or missed and it won't be made again. At that time, Jerusalem, so in other words, the whole nation will be called the throne of the Lord and all the nations shall gather to it, to the presence of the Lord in Jerusalem. And they will no longer follow the, the stubbornness of their own evil hearts. And I'm thinking, and I was thinking, man, about this, like, you know, before the show, we're talking about God raising up houses of habitation and how there is this, this opportunity I feel like that the Lord is giving the church of what will you build for? Mm-hmm. And I believe that the Lord's raising up a new breed of leader that's producing a new breed of, of church, right? Where the new breed of leader is a leader that's not making it about the leader, that's right. right? Like the judges ate, they want to make Gideon like captain and king and Lord. And he says, you have a leader. You have a leader. Look at him, mm-hmm. right? And I think we've been mesmerized by the anointing too long, yes. but the anointing is simply a gate. It's, it's that which opens the door for us to experience the Lord. It's God lands on men and he uses men like, you know, like Jacob. You know, he's, yeah. he's laying there, sees the, the ladder with angels ascending and descending. He says, this is none other the house of God, the gate of heaven. Mm-hmm. But we know that we're God's house, his temple, yeah. which makes us a gate. And that's yes. all we are. But what we've yep. done is like, you don't drive up to a house or the gate and go, wow, look at that gate. You're looking at the beauty of the house. You just want the gate to open so that's you can right. get in the house. That's right. And the house is the glory of the Lord. It's, it's a place where Hebrews 8 says there's coming a day where I won't need to tell you to know the Lord for all will know him. That's not a lack of evangelism. It's God is going to show up in such a manifestation Capture hearts himself. that he's yes. going to be the pastor, the apostle, the prophet, and we're just going to come to him like children. Yeah. You know, and I'm not against the offices, but even Hebrew or Ephesians 4 says some apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists for the equipping of the saints for the works of ministry until 
We miss the until. Like you are mm-hmm. only an apostle until yeah. we all come onto the perfect oneness of the man, unto one perfect man. Like it's yeah. all coming onto this one place of the body is assembling under the lordship and headship of Jesus. Yeah. And I am believing a day where we're going to see houses of habitation rise up that aren't just like, wow, look at what God's doing here and, and look at this. It's not going to be this momentary and locational place that we can identify of, oh, look at the revival that happened at Resonation or look at the revival that happened here or here. The whole city is going to be called the throne of God and no one's going to be able to take credit for it. It's going to be God showed up, we all fell on our face and we have said, Lord, we want your influence to cover right. entire regions. Come on. And we're not going to pray prayers like God move through me. We're just going to pray God move. Yeah. And and I think that this is where we're coming. But it all comes down to this decision of what kind of place do we want to build for the Lord? And this I don't. This doesn't just go for churches. This is for our lives. This is what we live for. This is for ministries. For what we build for. You know. Um, do we want to be good in and influential servants, or do we want to be good in faithful servants? Come on. You know. But um, for that to happen, he has, he has yeah. to have our full heart because now let's leaders for a whole city to be emanating with the glory of God. Leaders need to come together right. and not say, hey, this is my this is my church or hey, this is my ministry or hey, and everyone's competing or yeah. whatever. No, we need to come together. We need to link arms after one purpose. I'm telling you. And one purpose alone. And that like exactly like you're saying in Jeremiah two and three, it's wild just because the um, the terminology of idolatry is not something that makes people say yo amen wow yeah, you know silences them. it's yeah. it's silences but it is a reality it right. is a reality in our hearts i've traveled the world and i've seen idols golden statues erected to false gods and i've seen people bow before them and you know release birds and light incense and you know and i've seen you know in, in the bible days the golden calf and they would you know serve mm-hmm. these false gods or images um but it's different here in america it's yeah, it's it different it's our desire for position. It could even be our ministry that we that we lift up higher than the person of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. It could be relationships. It's money. It's career. It's all of these things yeah. that we chase and pursue. And we can go to church and we could have our Bible time and as believers feel like, well, I'm doing, I'm checking the boxes. I'm checking these boxes here and there. But how much does he truly have of you? What is your right. heart cry? My heart cry and mantra is I want everything that Jesus died for me to have and I want Amen. nothing in my life that he died to free me Amen. from. I want the fullness and I want Come people on. to walk in the fullness. That's and right. um, anyway, so it just, it really stood out that it's like, wow, like, I don't think we realize. And there's things that he touches in my heart today, today. And I feel like, wow, Lord, but I went so deep in you and I gave you everything. But then he touches something else. And I'm like, oh God, I yeah. didn't realize that was there. Like, yeah. it, it's yours, you know, yeah. and it's glorious because the exchange that takes place, you give him something so temporal, Something that, that we love, that we wrap our affection in, and we have no clue that we're doing it sometimes. Yeah, that's all he wants. And then he just pours glory yeah. and light and life. And so anyway, I, I, I just want to- So wanna... good. No, and you know, I know that this is intense, but like, you know, I think idolatry in the Western church today looks like let's sacrifice time of worship because we want to make sure that they're out in an hour and a half. And I'm, and I'm not against like, taking care of people, but, mm-hmm. but we cannot build church for people because it's not, church was never <laughs> intended to be about people. It was yes. intended to be about ministry to the Lord. Then the Lord comes and we get the, the benefit we get 
is his presence. That's right. And so, you know, my, again, my cousin Michael says we can't love people unless we love him most. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the biggest idol in our Western church today is our church. Our ministry. And our ministry. Mm -hmm. And I got to get a butt in a seat, which, which doesn't allow me to have a service over two and a half hours. It doesn't allow me to have worship for an hour and a half because we can't keep people's attention. Yeah. So what are we going to cut back? Let's cut back the part for him. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we're building horizontally, mm. but if we if we're gonna say crazy things like "Come, Lord Jesus, come," uh, we we probably if we want him to come, we should probably employ his methods. Yes, you know, and his methods was this has become a house of merchandise when it's mm. intended to be a house of prayer. Mm. You know, and so that scripture has been resonating with me. It's beautiful. He, I mean, Jesus was, and his disciples said, "Oh yeah, I remember because it says of him." zeal for his house has eaten him up i'm like Mm. i just i've seen too many too many leaders and again growing up in my whole life that that they're consumed by the response of the people did they come did they not come and the barometer of success is changing from did people show up or did god show up Mm -hmm. and i remember being maybe 10 years old and uh my dad ministering out of ezekiel 44 and uh and again small church but he's trumpeting something and he doesn't realize like I'm listening. I'm watching this man. Like today I, I always say I am, I am receiving uh, a harvest that I didn't sow and I didn't plow. And, uh, and this is why we need something generational, you know, just going back to that. But yeah, I would watch my dad, man, trumpet this. And what my dad in that moment knew that I didn't know is he knew there was something, there's a, there's a seed of a generation, even inside of his own kids. Yeah. And he would always tell us, I live for you guys. I don't care if people come. He says, I, I love them, but I live for you because, yeah. uh, because he thought generationally. But I remember one time hearing him preach about Ezekiel 44, and it describes in chapter 44, we don't have time to, to turn to it, but it describes two types of priesthoods. And it talks about all among the Levites. It says one priesthood, it says, when the children of Israel went astray, you just stayed with them. Your focus was so on them that you followed them in their iniquity. And he says, so I'm going to let you be a priest, but you're going to stand on the outer court and you're going to minister to them. But you won't be allowed into my chamber, but you'll be able to stand in the outer court and you'll be able to tend to them. And your inheritance will be them. And then he says, but then the sons of Zadok, the ones who tended to my heart when the children of Israel went astray, which I think like practically for us look like COVID hit and every single leader in the world had, do I post more on social to stay relevant? Or do I lock away with God and get a vision for what he wants in this next season, right? But like he says, but the sons of Zadok who tended to me in my sanctuary, I'm going to let them come into my chamber and minister to my heart. And you see this drastic and stark, and nobody like wants to talk about this because we all want to be loving, but I don't think it's loving when we see someone burning in a building and we aren't willing to go in to get them out. We just say, I'm praying for you, brother. God bless you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like we need some, we need some P I love David Wagner. He says, what you don't confront becomes culture mm-hmm. and we need a culture shift. And anytime there's change, change brings hostility, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, uh, anytime God does something in a new generation, the old one fights it. I mean, down to at one point during the children of Israel's journey in the wilderness, they're lifting up a bronze serpent commanded by the Lord. Anybody who looks upon the serpent on the on the stick, they're going to get healed. Yeah, that thing became an idol. They put it in the most holy place, 
Hezekiah shows up, breaks the thing into pieces. <laughs> so what worked in a pe- previous season, mm-hmm. ordained by God, is no longer working in this season. Mm-hmm. And we need some people that are going to go, this is not working anymore. The generation's still leaving. We're not asking where is the Lord, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so Ezekiel yeah, 44 wow. defines this. Who do you want to be and what kind of what kind of mission do you want to have? Do you want to make it your life's aim to go into the chamber with the Lord and tend to him? And maybe just maybe a generation will follow you in. Or do you want to make it more about the generation than him? Mm. And I'll let you stand in the outer court. And from the world's perspective, the one in the outer court looks more successful than the one laying on the floor before God. But I just think that the whole paradigm has to change. And the Lord is bringing us back to our number one desire is we are going to gather a group of people. And and in part, I believe we're, we're seeing this just in part, like there's so much more and I'm not saying we've got it figured out. I, I, we really don't, we have no idea what we're doing, Mm -hmm. but, and I'm watching this in communities, even in DFW, just start to, okay, the systems are not working anymore. Our church growth planning isn't, it's, you can do all the curriculum you want, but until you make it about the church actually about what the church was intended to be about. Uh, we have country clubs. We don't have places where God dwells. And so we're watching it come up. But what we're watching is we're watching people come into rooms that, you know, we, we started doing these 6 a.m. prayer rooms. And I was like, man, I thought like four people were going to show up. <laughs> yeah. First day yeah. we did it, there's people waiting outside. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this generation is hungrier than right. we give them credit for. 100%. And, uh, and all we have to do as leaders is just make space for the Lord to have his way. That's right. And we are watching, man, a generation come around the presence of the Lord and worship is two hours and they don't notice. You know, like no one's looking at their clock wondering when is this going to be over? Mm-hmm. You know, in heaven for eternity, they're crying holy. That's right. So, you know, I just, I want to see houses of habitation this is what i'm burning for houses of habitation that built for the lord and what we're going to see is the whole dfw metroplex will be called Mm -hmm. the throne of god i believe it's coming come on man with all my heart my heart's getting wrecked right now he's just jesus is so beautiful he's so lovely everything man he is everything (laughs) i wouldn't want to do ministry if i wasn't hand in hand with him i'm following jesus not at a distance but he's in me Christ in me, the hope of glory, and I have fellowship with him by the Spirit of God. And that is the reason why I do what I do. If I'm not empowered by his Spirit, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this stuff. Yeah. And God is raising up a generation that puts makes the first thing the first thing. Eternal, yeah. you know, eternity is to know him. Eternal life is to That's know right. him yeah. and the one who sent him. Yeah, you know, we mix up our purpose in life. Our purpose in life is to abide, is to know him intimately, is to host yeah. his presence, is to walk in him. Be in that place of yeah. abiding, and then from that place, do the stuff. Mm. Go in the mission field, share the gospel, impart into people, pastor, whatever your position may be. It needs to flow from that place. Yeah, come on. And when you taste and see that he is good, when he captures you in that way, nothing else will satisfy. Right. Once yeah. you've tasted the real deal, the counterfeit come or the on. lesser will not it will yeah. not do. And that's what God's doing. He's capturing a generation that says, hey, you know, I've, I grew up in church. I grew up around the stuff. I, you know, I just, you know, and then boom, he just comes in and shows them the real. And I think we're going to see the greatest, the greatest missions movement, the greatest Mm -hmm. evangelistic movement when we make it about him. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen is it's going to go from us doing it because we're obligated to doing it because we can't help ourselves. Come on. And and not about performance. No, I I mean, I want to walk into Starbucks dripping with the Lord. That's it. And I know it's weird, but I don't care if it's weird. Like if it's available, (laughs) we want it, you know, that's it. That's. but you know, like Moses would say things like, remember when 
He said, Lord, I, if you don't come, we're not going. That's it. Right? It numbers nine, they talk about following the cloud. Like, I'm not cool with an angel. I'm not cool with the supernatural miracles. I don't I care about you. any of this. <laughs> I just want you. And he said, it's your presence that distinguishes us. I love that. It's your presence that distinguishes us. And so I just, you know, again, growing up in it and not saying that what I grew up in was wrong. It actually changed my life and Absolutely. set me on my path. But, but I will say that ministry, no matter how many miracles I've seen, you know, like I have watched tumors dissolve off people's necks. People yeah. get up out of wheelchairs. Wow. None of it. And I saw all of that before I really had surrendered my life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. None of it saved me. Yeah. It wasn't until I met this man. Jeez. He's more beautiful than his creation, more powerful than his miracles. Come on. And until we make him the only thing, right? The, it's, he's not, you know, I love that David said one thing. Yeah. He didn't even say the first thing. He said the one thing because he's not a li- he's not the first thing on a list of many things. Mm-hmm. He's the only thing, and I'm telling you, once we get around that, like we're we are believing for a day, and again, seeing it in part where just in the midst of worship, someone starts screaming that, "Oh my gosh, I'm completely healed!" Yeah, and we weren't even focusing on the no sickness or no hands. one was getting yeah. a word of knowledge. I, like I'm all for all of the gifts of the spirit, hundred percent. Yeah, but man, what does it look like when a community is so inundated and consumed with the presence of God that he just starts doing things because he's free to and he's not boxed you know and so we we say we it's his presence that distinguishes us and and as a community we say this is a house for the lord and i believe if we can trumpet that not what resonation's doing mm-hmm. but just simply what the scriptures say this is the end game of revelation 21 and 22 mm-hmm. yes of revelation 21 says we will hear the angels sing the tabernacle of god is with men so we probably should start building tabernacles mm-hmm. for him if Come that's on. where this is going. <laughs> you know, like the feast Come is on. ready, according to Matthew 22. It's ready. The bride is the one that has to make herself ready. Mm-hmm. And so we're all thinking, man, we're just waiting for heaven to come and take away all of our problems. But mm. heaven is waiting for us to prepare ourselves. And it's, it's a bunch of brides that uh, aren't just in the right place at the right time, like I mean, five virgins in Matthew 25, five are wise, five are unwise. The five unwise were at the right place, right? They're in church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. They got the right garments on. I mean, mm-hmm. they look the part. They probably sounded the part and they're beautiful, you know, but they had no oil reserves. Yeah. And what we need is a bunch of people that come into church, not just looking to receive something, but they're holding oil ready to pour it on his feet. Mm-hmm. A Luke 7 model of, remember when Jesus in Luke 7 is invited by the Pharisee Simon to come and to challenge him, a woman comes busting in. We, we hear about it all the time, you know, with the ointment, years wages. She's pouring it on his feet. She's weeping. And this woman found a secret called uh, oil, tears, and kisses, you know. <laughs> and Simon and the Pharisees are like, this woman, if, if he knew what kind of woman this was, he would be disgusted. Sure. And he says, when I came, you had no water for my feet. You didn't pour oil on my head. This woman has not ceased to stop kissing my feet. And I just, I want to be known in heaven as a community that doesn't cease to kiss him and make a, uh, do whatever we can to pour on him. And man, what would happen in communities if people didn't come to be fed? Like, I know that that's a, because really we should be fed by him Mm -hmm. in our closet. And I'm not saying that the church isn't a place to be fed, but what if our motive in coming into rooms was, we're not here to get something. We're here to give you Lord Mm -hmm. something and minister to you like that Ezekiel 44 priesthood. So Mm -hmm. When I heard my dad shared that at 10 years old, I remember saying, I'm going to give my life 
for that revelation right there. And yeah. it's, and it's really, it's, I mean, it's changed our, our community, you know? I love that you mentioned earlier, the key of David, the key of David has been popping out of the scriptures for me the past few mm. weeks, especially, um, Isaiah twenty two twenty two it talks about the key of David. Revelation three seven. Jesus said, "I have the keys of David to open doors that no man can close, and close doors that no man can open." And I used to hear said all the time, "The key of David is intimacy. The key of David is intimacy." And I, I was like, "Yes, I, I, I understand that. I get that." But then I, when I looked in the scriptures, the two places that talks about the key of David talks about doors opening that no man can close and doors closing that no man can open. That's right. And I'm just like, what is going on here? But I, what I love about David is that he was a man of intimacy. He was a man after God's own heart. He had, like you said, the one thing. Yeah. All he wanted to do is behold the Lord, be with him, serve him. Every time he needed to do something, every time there was a strategy in war, he would turn to the Lord and say, God, do yeah, I go there? God, did. do I go here? God, do I? So he was after the voice of God, but he was also a warrior. He was yeah. a warrior. He was a king. He was a priest. And um, what I love about David, and I don't have the full revelation, I'm still mining it here, but what I love is that the key of David, he was a man after God's own heart, he was a man of intimacy, but from that place, he was able to hear the voice of God, he was able to know what was on God's heart, and then in that, like, I'm telling you right there, like, in that, because when you think of a door opening that no man can close, and a door closing that no man can open, you're thinking of, like, Jesus right here, he's opening a door, every, no demon, no person can stop this thing, it's it's, it's an authority, it's a power and a dominion that is released, and it comes from that place of, I am so intimate with the Lord, he is my everything, my heart is totally locked in on him. And from that place, Gosh. I'm able to hear the instructions of God. I'm able to get his blueprint. And when I have his blueprint, when I'm following after his will and he's my everything, now, boom, God's opening up those doors. No one's going to be able to stop those doors from so being good. open. And so I was just like, wow, like that, the key of David is intimacy. It is a heart after God. But from that place, the Lord wants us to get blueprint uh, blueprints from heaven, Absolutely. get his yeah. divine will, and releases dominion authority in the earth as well. I mean, the context of Isaiah 22, mm. if you go back a couple of verses, yeah. it's dealing with two servants mm. of King Hezekiah, Shebna and Eliakim. Yeah. And what the Lord's dealing with is you have one who's a bad steward and one who's a good steward. Mm. And he tells, I believe it's, um, I'm, I might be getting them mixed up, mm-hmm. but he goes to one of them, let's just say Shebna, and says, hey, mm-hmm. you have been a poor steward. So I'm going to take what belongs to you and I'm going to give it to him. Mm -hmm. And the Lord is actually, of course it's intimacy, but the Lord's dealing with something. Oh, for sure. You know, he's dealing with this. I've given you this beautiful thing. Like I, I remember we went through, like we've come, we're in a current season, like where the Lord showed up June 12th and our church has kind of been in this like sustained move for a bit of a season. And Mm -hmm. um, when it started, I had this vision of my wife and I were running and getting like bowls because I was watching, like an open vision, I was watching oil fall from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And we were like yelling at church, like people, like, guys, mm-hmm. get whatever you can. We got to catch it. We got to catch yeah. it. Don't let anything. And I remember my wife, who's very like meek and mild, you know, she really balances me super well. Yeah, that's um, great. She was like yelling, like, get bowls. We don't want anything to hit the ground. And the Lord speaks to me during the vision. And he says, I'm a man of, of sorrows acquainted with grief because much has been wasted. And you think to yourself, God has given us all things, it says, yeah. pertaining to life and to godliness. The Father's a good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Right. Spirit and, without measure. And what we have mm-hmm. is a generation that's just satisfied with, let's just go to church, check off the box, cross our T's, dot our I's, 45 minutes and 20 bucks and think that we're good to go. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is like, how much is being wasted of what I've given? 
you know? And so that is the context of Isaiah 22. And then it comes to this point, but I will give you the key of David. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to rip a door open. That's it. You know? And in, even in Revelation 4, I don't know how much time we have, but. We're good. Roll with it. Yeah. Even in Revelation 4, and if, and if you need to, we close here, but. It says, after this, I looked, verse one, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I heard speaking like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And then it says, at once I was in the spirit and behold, a throne in heaven. And he gets this glimpse of glory. And that's where I believe the church is at is, you know, the, the church of Laodicea, you know, the knocking on the door, um, desiring that you let me in again, Mm -hmm. which implies at one point they had kicked him out. Yeah, He immediately turned around the mercy, the compassion, the love for his bride. Even in her harlotry, he's coming and he's knocking on the door, right? Like, I love that. He tells Hosea, go and marry a harlot. And we're going to allure her into the wilderness with kindness. Like, his goodness draws men to repentance, Romans 4, you know? So he's knocking on the door of a complacent church saying, can I come in and dine with you again? It's all the, it's the narrative of Ezekiel 44 of, I'm going to let you dine at my table, minister to my heart, you know? and this is what I believe the Lord's saying to the church right now is behold, there's a door standing open in heaven. Come up here and let me give you a glimpse of what I'm looking for. Right. And, and I'm telling you, we are going to see, he said, as the waters cover the sea, so will the knowledge of the glory of the Lord fill the earth. And there's a generation that's not waiting to be rescued out of here, but is preparing a place for God where he's going to come and he's going to rule and reign on the earth. And he's going to find his habitation, not just in us individually, of course, for the temple of the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking about a corporate body of people that have become a dwelling place, according to even, you know, when it says in the scriptures that we are living stone upon living stone being built into a dwelling place for the Lord. So mm-hmm. we're just burnt. We're burning with this of if there's a door open, we're going to run through it. That's it. And I want to get a glimpse of if, you know, David, it's like David thought, I figure if I can, if we are going to say things like we want to see heaven on earth, then I figure we should probably do here what they're doing there, mm-hmm. which is surround his throne and just cry holy. Come on. And if we do that, <laughs> he'll rule and reign. Come on, man. So that's so good. God in, keeps man. reminding me of this vision I received several years ago. Actually, when I was in Mozambique with um with Irish Global um as a missionary, and so but in this vision, we were just in a time of worship, just caught up, just in his presence. Yeah. And um, I saw a vision of Jesus on the throne, on the throne, but he was from, he was in a distance and I saw an army proceeding forth from the throne room. And it was just like, um, battle array, like, you know, totally just in the gear, you know, with their weapons, just yeah. going out, proceeding forth from the throne room. And it spoke to me in a couple different ways. Number one, the throne room is that place of intimacy. It's that place of face to face, co-seated with Christ in the heavenly places, Spirit, the spirit in that place of worship, devotion in that place of intimacy with God. And then we are proceeding forth with mission from that place. And it's just beautiful because so many of us are like, well, you know, what can we do for God? Like, oh, the Bible says go. So just go. You know, how many times we got beaten behind a pulpit just saying, just made to feel bad for not going and not doing because that's what the Bible says. We have to, we have to go and got to do the stuff. And I get it. But man, I do not want to obey the great commission without knowing the heart of the great commissioner, without being hand in hand with him, heart to heart with him. And so I truly believe God is raising up an army that is fully devoted lovers of him in that place of intimacy as, as the one thing. And then receiving blueprint, blueprint strategies, you know, getting empowered from heaven in him to go out and do it. And so, I mean, what does it say, Matthew? Many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, 
but look at all these things we've done for you. Mm-hmm. Cast out demons. All these you know, say, but I don't know you. Who yeah. are you? Yeah. You know, when it talks about we're going to give an account before the Lord, that word account means divine expression. In other words, he's going to look for himself. And what you behold, you become, according to Psalms 34. Oh, kept stirring, yes. You know, they stared at, at, they were beholding him, and it says they became radiant. So we, we, uh, we've complicated, and it's really simple. Mm-hmm. Just surround yourself in his presence around him and love him. And we're going to see the earth, man. We're going to see the earth fall um, on their knees before the kingdom and the glory of the Lord. Come on. We, when we behold him, we become just like him. As you were talking this past, you know, like in this conversation that kept popping up into my, into my yeah, mind, to my on. spirit. And so I want to end this time in prayer. I know there's people listening right now, like, wow, they touched on some things that have been resonating with me. There are some things that I'm obsessed with that my, you know, things that have my affection, my attention yeah. right now that are not exactly where it needs to be. People are feeling that, that beautiful, loving conviction of God on yeah. their heart from the father and him drawing them deeper with his kindness. Amen. And so I would love for you to just, whatever's in your heart to pray, yeah. but we just want to give yeah. this time to him. I know people are hungry and they want to, yeah, they want pray. this. Yeah. Um, before I pray, I want to just even tell like leaders, you know, um, there's just a decision to be made. Like we're in an hour of decision. We're in an hour of uh, what kind of place do we want to build? We want to build a place for ourselves or for the Lord. And um, and it's intense because it's intended to be, you know, uh, and I have, I feel like I'm supposed to share this, but yeah. the Welsh revival, um, there was a journalist that came, I want to say from London to Wales and he wanted to learn like what is happening in Wales, uh, at this revival he kept hearing about. And they said, uh, this, the story would say the journalist got off a boat, went to the first person he found on the street and said hey where can i find the revival and this young man said i want you to you just walk down the street make a left and you'll begin to feel it and that's my desire for churches for houses for ministries is is that we would be places that are so consumed by god and he's so present that we don't need to say much mm-hmm. that they just they would just walk near him and they get into proximity to him and everything changes so Lord, I thank you, God, that there is a door standing open and you are calling God in this hour to your church saying, come up here and take a look at glory. Come up. I want to show you a picture of my world. And so, Lord, we we ask God for the spirit of the fear of the Lord, Lord, to grip every one of us until we are crying out again for you to come and dwell among us, God. God, forgive us for building anything God, that is man-made. God, forgive us for building our own empires, Lord. And we are asking, God, that we get back to the beauty of the Lord, the beauty of beholding the Lamb. That, God, we sing, worthy is the Lamb for eternity. That the songs never become horizontal, but that everything be vertical, God, unto you. So, Lord, we commit our ways. We commit our lives. We commit our personal lives. Even if you're not a leader, God, we commit to live for you. God, not just in pretense, not fraudulent, not just in word without the walk of it, but God, may our whole lives be built on your presence. And Lord, we just ask that you would come in a fresh way, that you would put a groan inside of the bride, the spirit and the bride saying, come Lord Jesus, come God, baptize us with this Maranatha desire of come Lord, look upon God, the state of your bride, look upon the state God of our world. 
We are asking you to rip the heavens open and come out, Lord. Just come out, God. We want your presence. We are longing for you. And Lord, we just ask that anybody that's watching, Lord, that is in need of healing, God, that is longing for a touch from you, Lord, let them get that touch today. In Jesus' mighty name, cancer to dissolve, Lord, uh, arthritis, things in elbows. God, just be healed in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. I thank you that proximity to you is the answer. Proximity to you is the answer. We bless you. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're speaking. And it is our privilege to throw out our plan and fully follow after you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. As you were, uh, as you were praying, Philippians 3 kept stirring in my heart. And the Apostle Paul's talking about, hey, if anyone's got reason to boast in the flesh, I've got reason to boast. I was circumcised in the eighth day of the nation of Israel. I was the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews as, as a law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a, 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 you know, a persecutor of the church. I was blameless when it comes to righteousness. But he said, whatever things were gained to me, these things I've counted as loss because of Jesus. Yeah, come on. More than that, I count all things to be loss in the view of mm. the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, yeah, for whom I've on, suffered man. the loss of all things. This is not the prosperity message right here. And count them mere rubbish so that I may gain Christ, that I may be found in him, not having my own righteousness derived from the law but that it, that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness with, which comes from God on basis of faith. And he goes on saying that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection of the dead. And then he goes on, and I'm going to end with these few verses. He says, not that I have grasped it all or have become perfect, but I press on as if I may take hold of that yeah. which I was even take hold of by Christ Jesus. And then he goes on, but he says, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call or the high call of God in Christ Jesus. I went to Bible school for a few years. I've been to a lot of churches, been to a lot of meetings. A lot of the time I felt like the high call was the miracles, the ministry, the yeah. doing the stuff, the, you know, the signs and wonders, the prophetic ministry or whatever it may be, whatever God has called us to do in this world for his glory. But as you read this, the upward call, the high call is forsaking everything, counting it all as a loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus for saying, I don't care about my life. I don't care about money. I don't care about fame. I don't care about anything. All I want is Jesus. I'm willing to suffer loss, you know, whether I have little or whether I have much. I'm content in all things, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so I just want to speak that Amen. to the leaders, the people who are watching right now, um, that this is the high call and you will not be satisfied. You will not be content. You will not be happy until he is your everything. And the high call and, the, and, and eternal life is to know him, that place yeah. of knowing him and him being the, the greatest thing. The, the, he's the reward. He is the reward. And so bless you guys so much. I just thank you, Father, for that. Touch their hearts. Thank you for the high call, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus to know you. Yes. And God. with everything. And it doesn't matter what I need to give up. And it doesn't matter what you ask me for. It doesn't matter where I need to go, what I need to do. Sacrifice is not sacrifice when we're in love. When we're in love, sacrifice does not feel like sacrifice. It's, it's, uh, there's no other response. It's the only reasonable response. Our worship being a living sacrifice, the only reasonable response. And so we love you, God. May our hearts be an altar. May we be yeah. living sacrifice. Thank you, God. Lord. And may you pour out your glory. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Come on. So good. Dude, I love your heart. I love what you're doing. Um, I, you know, just meeting several people that go to Risen Nation. I just see the culture. I see the community. You guys are after one thing. Man. And so that's beautiful. So Thank tell us a little so bit more, man. Tell us about this, yeah, how, how people can connect and some stuff you guys are doing. Yeah. Our church uh, is here locally in DFW uh, in Keller, Texas. And um, yeah, we we don't really have a church schedule. We do Sundays at 1030, mm-hmm. but uh, we actually have a text that if you go to our website at resonation.org that we sign up and we just, we follow the Lord every week. So we do a lot of prayer rooms and different things that people uh, can get plugged into locally. Uh, but the newest thing we're, we just are launching um, is in January, we will be launching School of Habitation. Mm-hmm. And really that's a place for, you know, people that are interested in becoming students of his coming and his presence Come on. Um, yes. who just want to immerse in the culture. Uh, we are launching that in January and uh, we're really excited about it. Um, we already got a lot of students signing up and it'll be here at our building in Keller, um, but it'll be a three-year program, um, nine-month increments. And uh, third year will really be for those that feel a vocation into ministry. We we believe that God wants to start a houses of habitation movement, you know, just yeah. church planning. Mm-hmm. And so if you complete year three, uh, we actually will ordain you and send you. And um, and so we're really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's both online and in person. So you can find out all the information for that at habitationministries.org. Come on. And uh, yeah, so That's we awesome. invite, invite everybody to come and. Mm-hmm. Just immerse yourselves in his presence. It'd be Come great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll put a link right there in the description section for all of you guys who are interested in that. I highly recommend to look it up. And so, man, thank you so much yeah, for being with me in the studio, bringing your team and just so sharing good. your heart. Yeah. Honored, awesome. Honored. <laughs> for those of you who are watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. If you are on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you are, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, they can be strengthened, they can be awakened by the beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless you, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org. 
destinyimageotl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.